This episode of Talk Your Book is proudly brought to you by Honan, providing a complete range of insurance, risk, and financial solutions. Fundies called me up, told me to take a look, but stay stubborn as bulls and talk their own book. Get the money, get the money, get, get the money. Hi, I'm Chris Judd and you're watching Talk Your Book and today we're very lucky to be joined by a crowd favourite, Emmanuel Datt from Datt Capital. Emmanuel, thanks very much for coming back on the show. Thanks for having us, Chris. And what stock did you want to, uh, did you want to talk about today? I wanted to talk about Dreadnought Resources that are listed on the ESX under DRE. And what, uh, what, what do Dreadnought do? Uh, Dreadnought, they're a rare earth explorer um, exploring um, West Australian assets. And if I just have a look at the, uh, the graph which Market Tech have provided and the, the story that tells over the last 12 months, it looked like they had significant assay results at their YIN project at the end of July, which really led to a re-rate followed by a cap raise of 12 mil at six cents at the start of August last year, and then a, a cap raise for 21.4 million at 10 cents at the, at the start of February. So it, uh, it looks like they're, they're forming a bit of a base around that, that nine cent level. Before we dig in a bit more into to Dre, maybe start with the rare earth uh, market more broadly and, and what the dynamics are there. Yeah, absolutely. So rare earths, um, the end users primarily uh, magnets in a range of um, technological applications, things like um, electric vehicles, renewable energy, uh, that sort of stuff they're used for primarily. Um, a really interesting aspect of the industry, industry structure is that um, it's heavily Chinese dominated, mm. so about 90% uh, or just over 90% is um, uh, of production actually comes from China. Um, so that makes um, the security or you know, securing stable supply of these essential commodities from ex-Chinese sources are incredibly valuable from a strategic sense. And when we talk about rare earths, there's a lot of different rare earths. Which mm -hmm. are the rare earths that get spoken about as, as being commercial and, and marketable? Yeah, sure. So I think that the highest value rare earths are um, a range of heavy rare earths. So. Um, I'll use the NDPR. There's <laughs> <laughs> too many syllables. Uh, I agree. I'm getting a tongue twist trying to <laughs> pronounce them. Yeah. Um, but those are, you know, uh, those um, sort of rare earths are you uh, have the sort of application in these magnets that I've spoken about. And there's a whole sort of range of rare earths. I think there are about 22 separate elements in there. So I won't name them all. And uh, Andre's got multiple assets across Western Australia. Maybe talk us through what those different assets are and, and which, which are the ones or one that, that you're focusing on in particular? Yeah, sure. So I think the flagship asset is one called uh, Mangaroon. Uh, so effectively that's where they've discovered um, these rare earth deposits. Um, Yin in particular, as you mentioned, is the sort of um, flagship deposit, if you would. Um, and um, yeah, as I mentioned, they've got um, three other tenements of um, I guess lesser important, so we'll stick to talking yeah. about the rare specifically because that's where all the value is, I think. And digging into the yin deposit, how big is it and, and how much of it has been drilled so far and, uh, and how much to go? Yeah, sure. So I believe the yin resource has been defined um, along a 3k strike. Um, so effectively, the company have come up with a resource of about 15 million tonnes at just over 1%. Uh, rare earths um, in the shallow ironstones like so um, ironstones are basically a type of rock that outcrops its surface 
Um, the interesting thing about this is that um, the company claimed that there's a strike length of about 40k that still has to be explored. And um, we see plenty of precedents in the region, um, just to the about 20k to the north. We have another listed company uh, known as Hastings, and they've defined about 30 million tonnes um, at a lower grade of about maybe 0.9%. So um, that does tell you that there's definitely growth potential here. And um, the company itself um, are you know, very active and efficient explorers, which is exactly what you want to see um, in an early stage company. And maybe what sort of a comparables could you put compared to the Yim deposit when you measure up to Hastings deposit? I think Hastings market cap is about 100 million bucks more yeah. than, than Dre's currently, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So I think that Hastings, they've been um, around for a long time. Their resource is about double. So I think they've got about 30 million tonnes at an inferior grade. Um, however, they don't really have that um, growth angle in terms of um, they don't really hold a huge amount of ground like um, Dre hold. And um, you know, Dre's, uh, Dre's ground has literally you know, ne never been really mm. explored comprehensively um, prior to Dre actually getting on the ground. So I think you know, exploration is a risky endeavor, but I think that um, there's strong potential to grow that resource uh, even further. Would you expect them to get to bigger than Hastings resource by the time they, they finish their drilling program? Uh, I would say so in time. Um, I believe the company has put out an exploration target of 50 to 100 million tonnes. Um, that's just from the ironstones or the shallow ironstones um, itself. Um, however, they are drilling other um, deposits that are a little bit different in nature, um, known as carbonatite uh, deposits. Um, carbonatites are basically um, large feeder structures. And um, you think about um, other companies like Linus, um, Mountain Weld, uh, their deposit is basically you know, one the world's best rare <laughs> deposit um, that's currently being commercialized. Um, Dreadnought have disclosed that um, they have mineralized carbonatites on um, their ground at Morangaroon. I believe assays are still pending, so I think that's a really um, that's going to be really exciting to see the results of that of, of you know, this carbonatite drilling program. And Dreadnought management speak about the the second mover advantage. Uh, with regards to being next door or close by to the Hastings yeah. deposit. Maybe talk about what sort of learnings they can get from Hastings in terms of their processing and, and why mm. it, it could be looked at as a, a second mover advantage, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Hastings, I believe, have progressed um, feasibility studies um, quite some way. And um, so obviously that goes um, through um, or evaluates a number of different processing techniques um, in their flowcharts. Um, and um, yeah, ultimately being so close, you know, it's pretty much the same uh, type of rock um, that the mineral is hosted in as Hastings. So that really allows Dreadnought to use heuristics, you know, I mean, yeah, not, not mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Like not ignoring, of course, that they have to do their own work, but it definitely gives them um, a free kick in many ways that they don't need to go down dead ends that perhaps Hastings had to go through first time. And they talk about the NDPR to TRIO ratio yeah. being really high yeah. at, um, at Dreadnought. Just how high is that? And what does that compare like to other sort of commercial type yeah. operators? Sure. Well, I think the, from memory, the NDPR, the, the heavy um, ratio of rare earths is about 30 to 40% off the top of my head. 
Um, I think a really attractive aspect of um, Dreadnought as well is that um, it basically has um, a, a number of processing options um, within tracking distance without necessarily having to build its own processing plant. Um, I think we've seen a lot of deals in this space. Um, Aluka, um, for example, has um, teamed up with uh, Northern Minerals and um, the distance between Aluka's processing plant and Northern Minerals is two and a half thousand K, yeah. which is an incredible distance to mm. truck um, or basically. And it does, uh, whereas um, within a 500K radius of Dreadnought, you have three separate processing options. Mm. You've got Linus, Aluka, and Hastings, who are, who are sort of investigating their own processing plant. Um, you also have um, a number of large players like Wiley Metals, which is Andrew Forrest's um, private um, uh, mineral vehicle, and uh, getting involved in Hastings. And that really does give um, a strong vote of confidence to the region itself. So I think that's a, a very um, uh, encouraging you know, a prospect for the future. And so scanning through the sort of announcements and when management present, there's just a lot of sort of basic things they do, relatively basic things, but as an investor, as far as heuristics go, it, mm -hmm. it reads really well. I mean, I think they've invested 4.8 million of their own cash mm. into the business. Even their, their quote that 85% of the money, the total money they've raised has gone into the ground. Mm. Um, and they're, they're heavy focus on geos. There's just a lot of things there which are, are things most small cap investors look for in, in companies of this size. Is that how you read it? Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, the board are uh, made up of individuals that have been there and done that and are very well respected in the mineral space. Uh, I think the CEO is very driven, hungry. And um, what I really love, as you mentioned, is that he gives credit to his team because mm. ultimately, um, you know, a company can't be built. It's a team endeavor. Ultimately, it's not just one person out there. And I think it's, um, it really demonstrates that this company is being set up for long-term success by, um, you know, empowering um, the, the whole team and putting them out there in the public spotlight. And how many geos have they got uh, aligned to the company for a $300 million market cap company? Yeah, I think they have about 10 also, 10 to 12. Which seems high, doesn't it? As far as at that size company, yeah. that seems a, a lot of technical expertise. Yeah, well, it really does sort of um, tell you what their ambitions are and what their intent is. And I think that they, um, you know, they've got a, a number of ag aggressive um, exploration projects, from my understanding, coming up this calendar year. And um, I think it's going to be a very exciting time period to see what comes out of um, those programs. And they're well funded. How long do you think their cash is going to last? Um, I would probably estimate their burn rate at um, three to four mil per quarter. So that gives them probably um, about five quarters worth of runway at this point. Um, so yeah, but you know, saying that they've just raised uh, 20 or 21 mil, as, as you pointed out earlier on. And um, yeah, so I, I consider them to be well capitalized for the next 12 months. And outside, or maybe that, that, that's what it will be, but what sort of milestones could you see them hitting in the next six to 12 months that could lead to a potential re-rate from here? What are you looking out for? Sure, I think it's all about exploration at this stage, to be honest. I think that they've defined an initial resource that is, um, it underpins um, the company's value to some degree. But I think that 
you know, the market wants more. And um, uh, given, you know, the, the market cap is relatively generous, I guess, you know, when you compare it to someone like Hastings, I think the market is pricing in future success. Um, but I think rightfully so, but ultimately time will tell if that's correct or not. But, you know, we definitely are um, very excited uh, about the further prospects, uh, you know, new discoveries and exploration success. Um, and they are, of course, concurrently uh, progressing, you know, commercialization studies over, you know, the core deposit initially. And then in the case of exploration success, um, the discovery of further deposits. Beauty. Well, sounds like a, a very interesting story. Eloquent as always. Thanks very much for, uh, for coming back on Talkie Book. No worries, Chris. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. This episode of Talk Your Book was proudly brought to you by Honan, who go beyond a transactional insurance broker to deliver better outcomes for their clients. If you're enjoying Talk Your Book, make sure you subscribe to Chris Judd Invest.